I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. Hot chocolate season. That's right. It is hot chocolate season. It went from not hot chocolate season to hot chocolate very season. Very much so hot chocolate really season. Here in Ohio. It, it really did. Yeah. Wherever you, I don't know where you're listening to this from if you had a drastic change in temperatures, but it went from lemonade on the porch one day to hot chocolate by the fireplace the next here in Ohio. So with it being a uh, hot chocolate season, I was just wandering through a grocery store that doesn't sponsor our podcast yet. And uh, I think, as we've said several times in about 10 years is going to catch on. We'll be retroactively sponsored. I look forward to the day. Which grocery store do you want to be sponsored by? <laughs> I will we'll just say it's a, it's, it's, it's based in Cincinnati, mm. and it has several labor disputes going on right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, All the more reason. That's why we don't get sponsored by these places. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but I've I've actually done work with them. They're pretty nice people there. Mm-hmm. But um, and but they do have a the one I go to has a pretty good selection of different like different seasonal things. And so the other day I noticed that they had uh, a Swiss Miss hot chocolate featuring. The marshmallows from Lucky Charms. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> and so I thought we should probably we should probably try this mm-hmm. because we try to do our best to stay up to date on breakfast trends. Yeah, which I didn't realize there were so many cutting edge breakfasts until we started doing this. I've been exposed to a lot of cool things. Yeah, it's like when you buy a car, you see the car everywhere. I feel like we started mm-hmm. doing breakfast things and it's like, oh, breakfast is all around. Breakfast is I was always, <laughs> yeah. always with us right under our noses. It's been here all along. Yeah. And so we're trying it out because we need to warm up. Uh, how do you, f- you like Lucky Charms as a cereal? I think we've established that, right? Yes. I like Lucky Charms as a cereal. The temperature of my hot cocoa was so hot that it absolutely devoured the Lucky Charms instantly. <laughs> <So> they dissolved. <laughs> they dissolved yeah. so quick. So part of me was mourning the loss because I am, with my Lucky Charms cereal practices, I am very much so eat the boring pieces and then save all the marshmallows for last. Yeah. Now, interesting fun fact about these, this hot chocolate is that the marshmallows were packaged separately. Yeah. So you could snack. So if you are a Lucky Charms marshmallow fiend, you could just get your fix from the, the little packets and skip the hot chocolate. Yeah. Um, so that's, a bu- you know, we're just doing a public service here by putting that out there. If you really love those Lucky Charms marshmallows. But I I am a slower sipper. Mm-hmm. So I did get to enjoy the marshmallows in their, in their natural form. Yeah. And? I really loved it. They tasted just like Lucky Charms marshmallows. It was a little extra magic. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was good, too, because even with it all melted and combined into one beautiful little hot water yeah. <laughs> situation, it was it was really good. Yeah. And fun. Fun so, way to change it up. Thumbs up uh, on a zero, on a scale of zero to to thumbs up to super lucky. <laughs> I'd say pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're talking about wisdom today. Yes, not we're, talking, we're transferring from uh, luck to wisdom. That's right. Totally <laughs> different things. Um and we're talking about a guy who had, who, 
history has kind of remembered him as the embodiment of wisdom. So what I thought we should start with is just when we think of wisdom, are there people that we think about? Do you have anybody that pops into your brain? Initially, I was fighting my gut instinct because I felt like I should be thinking of uh, professors that I had or just anybody who wasn't my parents. But I thought <laughs> I really thought of my mom. I really okay. think she she brings a lot of wis- wisdom to my life. And I was hoping to find a different answer just because it seems like a um, a fallback. But I just really am impressed with her yeah. for the way that she is able to consider a whole lot of different opinions. That's pretty good because I feel like most people don't see their parents as wise until they're 40 or so. Mm-hmm. So you're a little ahead of the game. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm 40 or so in yeah. my heart. So maybe you'll maybe you'll rebel later in life, but that's pretty good to see your parents that way now. Right. Is there anything in particular like maybe we should have asked this first, but what do you even think of as wisdom? I think of wisdom as maybe being able to um, set aside emotional responses for something that feels more true and maybe being able to hold a lot of different viewpoints in one um, basket and knowing when to put those views into practice. So like knowing that the truth can sort of change based on what's needed by that instant. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's we'll get into that because Solomon, who we're looking at, he's connected to the Proverbs and one of the the great things about Proverbs, I think it's in, I always try to bring this up when I get into conversations with people about what the Bible says about something. Mm-hmm. And like the Bible clearly says like, and sometimes there are absolutely times where that's the right thing to say, but sometimes it's like a thing people say to win an argument right, or to belittle someone or some group of people. And so there's a, I think it's Proverbs 26 where, and we'll talk more about the Proverbs at the end, but there's a line in Proverbs 26 that says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Mm. But the very next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly. Oh, yes. Yes. Things like that. Yeah. It's just, it, that doesn't mean that it's a contradiction, but it can just be no, having the be, having the wisdom, the wherewithal to know when to apply it. Yes, exactly. And so when you say that about your mom, I think, yeah, I could see that in her. And also I think when we say that's what wisdom is, it is kind of being able to hold tension and of being able to know when's the right thing to say a thing out loud or not say a thing out loud. When's the right thing to, to keep quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and being able to hold both possibilities. I yeah. Think is a big deal. And yeah. being grounded in something true at yeah. the same time. So being able to hold a lot, but because you have such a steady base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought of, I, and I also would say I know professors who it's not just because they fill that role. They sure. fill that role for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have those professors who fill it. But I did think of my my dad's mom. Mm. Um, and the fun part about her was that you didn't you wouldn't know she was as wise as she was. It was like she would just like let it slip out. So uh, really sneaky wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> and like I feel like there there were a handful of times where I could look back and be like, oh, she's she saw that and I didn't even know it, you know, and I think there's something about wise people that they don't just throw their wisdom around like candy. They, they hold it close and they use it when it's actually useful to people. Mm-hmm. Like a part of wisdom is knowing how people will receive what you're offering them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of smart people who throw all their smarts around. Yeah. And then it doesn't, the it just kind of falls off of you like <laughs> water yeah, off the ducks back. Off. Yeah. yeah. So wisdom, I think is something when it's offered at the right time by the right person, uh, it can be received and heard. Mm-hmm. And so That's I think we point. see that, um, Solomon's wisdom, it's almost, it's such a part of who he is. It feels mythic. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's a superhero whose superpower is wisdom. Right. Because that becomes like the defining thing about him. And the uh, way he gets his wisdom is sort of super superhero-y. A little bit. Like there's an origin story of yeah. if you could have one thing, what would it be? And he he asks for wisdom. Uh, we get his story shows up in this this story of the different kings. Right. So he's he's one of David's sons. Mm-hmm. Um and one David of Bathsheba's. And Bathsheba even, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To bring her back into the story too. Uh, he's the miracle child who kind of replaces this lost child that mm-hmm. they had, which is a, a family systems theory that there's a lot of expectations on that child that you have after a, after a loss. Oh, I imagine so. so he, he he comes to fulfill this. And we, I think we talked uh, last episode about David wanting to build the temple. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get to. That's the one thing that's kind of kept away from him power wise. Yes. Oh, I remember us. Yeah. Mentioning that whether or not that be a punishment, we can't really speak to. But he wasn't able to do something that he wanted to do. Yeah. And his son ends up being Solomon ends up being the one who builds the temple. Um, What else do you know about him? Like what stories come to mind from Solomon? I know that Solomon suggested to cut cut a baby in two. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of wisdom applied correctly, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And this is the story that made it onto Seinfeld. I don't know if you have, have you ever watched Seinfeld? I've watched a handful or I've watched a bunch of episodes, but I haven't seen this one. Well, they ripped off this idea. So there's two women who come to Solomon claiming that a baby is theirs because one of the mothers, I can't remember. It's like she was sleeping with the baby and rolled over, I think on it. It's like a tragic story. And these two women, um, both claim that this child is theirs. And so Solomon does this thing that sounded ridiculous, which was, well, let's just cut the baby in half Mm -hmm. and you can each have half. Okay. So essentially when he suggested that the baby be cut in half, the mother who really um, was the true mother said, better for you to have the baby than to to kill the child in the process. So then he said, and that means you're the true mother. And so onward happily ever after yeah so pretty wise like nobody the the impression is nobody else would have thought of that right because i wouldn't have for (laughs) other reasons but (laughs) it's a a pretty wild thing Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of thing that i think that's why i say it's almost mythic because people remember that story right gets Mm -hmm. passed down because it's so original yeah i didn't i honestly kind of forgot that was was even part of the bible i thought it was one of those (laughs) legends that made its way as a side yeah Mm. I don't know. Well, and on Seinfeld, it's about a bicycle. It's pretty funny. Cut the bicycle Kramer in half. Lane are fighting over this kid's bike. <laughs> so it's it's a good application. Uh, there also uh, there are a number of books in the Bible that we have. If Solomon didn't write them, he oversaw the writing of them, or he inspired the writing of them. Okay. So all the wisdom they're actually called the wisdom books. Oh, specifically, are there any that aren't his that are in there? Well, that's what's hard to say. So Ecclesiastes reads like it's a journal of a very rich, powerful, wise person. Mm. And scholars have wondered for a long time, like, did Solomon sit down and write this? Or was somebody writing it trying to describe Solomon's life? Ah, Like almost like a biographer, kind of. Um, Or a ghostwriter, essentially. And so people aren't sure. The Proverbs seem to be collected by Solomon. If he so some of them he may have written and then some of them he may have overseen like the compilation. Right. So be, he's basically like the the producer for the album. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> and right. he brings in his favorite the editor of the journal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then um, 
Job kind of fits into this category. We'll get to this in our next episode, but it gets into this just people sitting around wondering. Mm. It definitely fills that. And then the Song of Solomon is, or Song of Songs as it's sometimes called, is kind of a musical. It just is a funny, it's a, I don't know if we're going to do an episode on it, but it is kind of this, it's just there for artistic sake almost. Mm -hmm. And that's what some of the wisdom writings, it's like they are, they don't necessarily move the history story forward, but they record this moment. Um, it's worth saying about Ecclesiastes that if it is written by Solomon or even if it's just written about him, some of what it adds to the biography is interesting. Yeah. Because it adds this note of him having all this land, all these workers, all these concubines. Mm. So all these women, which right. that is in the history. Right. That, that he had. I knew he had a ton of wives. Yeah. Like a um, lot, a lot, right? Yeah. More than you would think a really wise guy would, yeah. <laughs> would have. Uh, but it, it is this Ecclesiastes. He, the idea of it is he's chased after all these things, mm-hmm. women, power, knowledge, success, experience. Like he has this lust for life going on and that it has all kind of turned up empty. And that he still feels like he chases after the wind. Okay. And so whether that's Solomon actually giving voice to that feeling or whether it's somebody kind of imagining that, uh, it puts me in mind of, have you ever heard that quote from Jim Carrey where he says, because Jim Carrey famously like really worked hard to become famous. Mm -hmm. There's a story of him writing himself, writing out, I can't remember, like a 10 million check to himself in faith that he would someday be able to cash it. Oh, wow. And so he really chased fame hard. But then a few years ago, he said this thing about how everyone, he says everyone should have their dreams come true so that they know it won't solve their problems, basically. Mm. And I think of him when I think of Solomon, just that idea that you could be revered. You could get to, he even gets to fulfill his father's dream. Right. Right. Which is a lot of our thing is. In addition to whatever we want to do in the world, we want to that are given to us by our parents. Yeah, we want to do what our families kind of think we should do. He does. He exceeds all of that, and still comes up sometimes feeling sort of empty. And so he's just a really interesting figure Mm -hmm. in the story. Um, Because even if we don't achieve all those things of like multiple partners and land and money and success, we think if we if we just we did did, that would be the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he is, he's almost cartoonish and mythical and super in that way. Right. So yeah, he, I feel like we've gotten that, um, that tragedy told. Yeah. Again, we've heard that story. Yeah. He is an extreme, like the first. Yeah. And even we know, we even talked about Elvis last time, right? That's like, what I was just thinking. I was going to yeah. say he'd be a good biopic too, because yeah. we've seen that yeah, <laughs> rise that, and fall. That is that pattern of, I have everything I want and it's not. It still feels like I'm chasing nothing. And you said, so he wrote Job potentially. Well, he he fits under this category. Like he's written, Job is written around the same time. Okay. And so the, the idea of the wisdom writings, is, this is where I was going to get us to the end, but we can, we can get there now. My bad. My uh, curiosity took me. Yeah. Too excited about uh-huh. the big finale. Um, we still haven't even, we haven't even talked about breakfast yet. So we have to come back to that, but he, The thing I love about the wisdom writings, this little note is that they are written during a time of peace. And so it's almost like, you know, when there are seasons in our life that are filled with battles, you don't sit down and write 
like a treatise about what you think matters in the world when you're in the middle of a battle. No, it's you're in the fight or flight. Yeah. So what we're seeing in those wisdom writings is that Israel has had some space to sit down and just get some work done. Yeah. (laughs) And reflect too. Yes. The reflection and their writing. Like, so the Psalms are probably collected during this season because there's prosperity. They don't have to be on their guard all the time. They don't have to go off to war all the time. So you have all these people in the space with some success, some safety. And so in the safety, they're able to raise all these questions. So with Job, whether Job is an act, we're going to talk about whether Job is an actual story or whether it's one of these case studies, like imagining Mm -hmm. a a guy named Job, Mm -hmm. let's say this happens to him. Where's God. Right. And that is a piece of wisdom literature even if it might be both too. It might be like a real person lived like that. And then they wrote this thing, imagining all the arguments. Cause that's a very like Jewish thing to do is to imagine oh. the arguments. Oh, and to kind of show what the story is that yep. a practice that, yeah, that's really cool. So that's very typical. And so I always kind of love that thing because in our own lives, that's a quick application for us is mm-hmm. that there are seasons where you're just fighting too many battles. Right. To journal. Yes. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Or to like sit back and get that big picture. And I would guess that the people who we know of as having wisdom, the people we've thought of, they've had their battle days. Right. But then they found some room or some space to find meaning and to reflect. And and I think it lets us off the hook that you may have seasons where you, you don't have time to sit around and think about what a thing means. You, that might be five years later. But you do have to eventually do that just as people. So whether that's has an individual person, whether that's has a family, whether that's has a country, <laughs> you need that space to sit back and go, what was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're in a season with COVID where a lot of us want to jump to getting back to community, getting back to action, getting back to the life before. And there are people going, "Ah, I need time. Right. You know, I need space. There's things that I want to pay attention to that happened during the season. I can't just rush past them. Mm -hmm. Um, So all that being said, thoughts on breakfast. So initially, now I feel like my answer feels fraught because my <laughs> instinct, yes. So yeah. here's my fraught answer. Cause I was thinking, okay, this is the wise guy in school. I always learned that before we do anything that it's going to require our brain power or require a test. <laughs> we got to eat a big old breakfast yes. and they always say protein. So I'm <laughs> seeing right. him waking up eating eggs and bacon so that he's ready to use his noggin. Yeah. Um, fish the night before potentially for some reason that's also the brain food that yeah. I was always taught. But I picture him really taking care of himself in the morning so that he's fueled and has the capacity to not be distracted by hanger yeah. um, when he's <laughs> yeah. trying to, trying to be <laughs> reach wise. that next level. Yeah. yeah. What, what were you thinking? I saw two conflicting things. Okay. One is I saw like, you know, we see this in movies all the time, but like the people who have the great big table. Yes. But they're just sitting by themselves at uh, the end of it. Mm. So I saw that version of him. Yep. Having all the things possible in front of him, having a big giant table so I saw it as maybe he's the he's the guy at that big long table that doesn't suit him, but he has a hunger for the big long table with the seven meal, mm-hmm. seven course breakfast. Because he feels like maybe that means because power and yeah, he's done it. And- there's seasons <laughs> like that, and I that also reminded me of a West Wing thing, which mm-hmm. is a very common thing for me to feel like something is like a West Wing, you which you didn't watch, right? 
I did not watch the characters. Mm-hmm. So, but I have seen I have seen Lonely many at the end of a long table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have seen that. So, but on West Wing, there's this guy Josh Lyman, who is a real like he's Solomon on his obnoxious days. So he's Solomon on the answer a fool according to the, his folly days. Ah. Like, and so Josh Lyman, there's a scene where he gets something done. He works for the president. That's the whole West Wing premise, and he gets something done. I think he gets a Supreme Court justice on the bench. And he's real excited about it. And he comes in and he, he, it's a very famous scene where he says, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Great day in the morning, people. Victory is mine. And his assistant is just like, good morning, Josh. Whatever. (laughs) And he says, I drink from the keg of glory, Donna. Bring me the finest muffins and bagels in all the land. And his assistant says, this is, it's going to be unbearable today. (laughs) And I, I think he had moments like that. Mm-hmm. We get that picture a little bit from Ecclesiastes that he demanded life be full, interesting, full, meaningful, like the best bagels in the land. The, yeah. And I, I thought of that quote. I love it all the time. Like if I go into a space, it, it's it's such a nerd thing to do. But if somebody asks what I want for breakfast, <laughs> bring me bring me the finest muffins and bagels <laughs> in all the land. That's a good bit. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, what? And I go, did you watch the West Wing 20 years ago or over and over again like me? And they say no. I I think I, without even knowing, I would have just been like, huzzah, (laughs) and I shall journey (laughs) henceforth. It's kind of, you picture him like demanding a chalice, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think he had moments of of a little bit obnoxious. Yes. And, but then I think he also had quiet moments. Okay. And what do the quiet moments look like breakfast wise? I mean, I think that's the lonely guy at the table, but I think it's also just... Where the nothing satisfies him, so mm. maybe he skips breakfast. Maybe he's had the the seven course breakfast, and it wasn't didn't answer any of his questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think him. I will say what I coming back to it, like what I love about uh, Solomon is just I think more of us could use more wisdom. Like I think wisdom is something we should pursue more often. So maybe that's because we feel like we're fighting battles all the time. Um, but I think we all have plenty of seasons where the obnoxious give me the finest bagels in the land. Mm-hmm. And we need more seasons where we are the quiet, reflective, sitting with the journal. Right. <laughs> you know, we need more of those moments where we're trying to figure out what's behind this. What's yeah. going on here? And what just happened? <laughs> yeah. When we're asking, I think the thing about Solomon that I love is the pursuit of questions Mm -hmm. that in those wisdom writings and we'll get around to Job next time, but there's not really resolution. There's not really answers. It does come down to finding peace. Right. And so then if it's not the, give me the finest bagels in the land day, then the next day it's whatever's in front of me. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a, but I just wish that more of us prioritized wisdom as something we chased after. Um, I think that's hard when you're busy, but it's not impossible. No. Right. It's the difference of uh, getting somewhere 10 minutes early to give yourself room for some wisdom before you go into a meeting or to, to gather your wisdom 10 minutes after the meeting. And so I think we could probably stand to learn from Solomon. You buy it? I buy it. All right. I buy it. We will stick with the wisdom literature because they've got some fun stuff. It is like this mix of the weird stories. Right. With the very big ideas. So we'll get around to that again next week with Job.
Yep. And we hinted a little bit about what Job is up to. So find yeah, out more. we'll have even more questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we'll have, a, a, he's going to have a pretty miserable breakfast, not to give it away, but. It'll, it'll be good at times yeah. and then it'll just go downhill. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll, he'll get all the breakfast back. So. Yes. Spoilers. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Breakfast Translation. 